0: Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look
2: out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Episode 75. What the fuck's up, Emma? We are back. CMOS girlies, we are back and ready to pod.
1: Um, Hello, I'm good. It is Sunday. I'm drinking some... Brasa tea, the cacao blend. I feel like I'm always drinking some random beverage whenever we're like potting. I guess I just like need something in my hand and for something to do because I like underlying ADHD. But yeah, I'm good. I just marinated some chicken with my hands. I'm making some sort of like chicken shawarma thing tonight because I decided let's put in some effort. Let's cook. Um,
2: Let's get in our cooking mode. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But you know, I'm good. I'm pretty solid. How are you, dude?
2: Doing well. I just went to lifetime. I'm acting like I'm a rich person this week. And like, I just have endless money. And I just went to the hot bar over there. So I got some herb chicken. I got kale chips, got a bed of arugula, hummus and carrots. Um, I think that was all I got. And yeah, I'm just like working through my groceries because I have to have some weird funky shit this week. So I don't need a lot of groceries because life is life. Um, but that brings me to the topic that I'm alive, everyone. So if you've been following CMOS Girlies, you know, January, I got hit with an illness. February, I got hit with an illness. March, knock, knock. April, my April illness happened. So I was high as a kite because um, I could post my Hoka announcement right on April 1st. Emma and I had our little photo shoot high as a kite from that directly after i get home from our photo shoot i fall to my grave so emma and i were going to go out and have a nice like chinese buffet moment i don't really remember what we were debating because i was out of it at that point but it was like 4 p.m and i was like Emma, i don't know if i can like walk around the block like i need to lay down for a bit i lay down and i'm like oh my god i think i think this is my deathbed i think i am going to die um my stomach started hurting so bad i have like diarrhea nausea throughout the whole night amazing i wake up the next day Feel terrible. My stomach is like vibrating. I've never had this feeling before. It feels like I've been holding it a crunch for 48 hours. Continues into Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon, my mom's like, Kate, you should go to the doctor. You should see what's up. And you know, I'm on my Gen Z ass. We don't like, we hate calling our super for problems. We hate calling a plumber. We hate doing that type of stuff. I don't have a primary care doctor in New York and I've been here for almost five years. Right. So I'm like hobbling over to city MD wearing my green sweatsuit, my Morel clogs. All I have on me is a mask, my ID and wallet, all that stuff, and my keys and my phone and my headphones. That's about it. I go to CityMD to get tested for the flu and they test me for COVID as well. I'm negative for the flu, negative for COVID. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with me? You know, it's been uncontrollable pain It hurts to lay down. So I was also not getting sleep. I couldn't really eat anything. I was just dehydrated, drinking a lot of fucking Pedialyte. Pedialyte's biggest customer over here these past four days. I go to CityMD. Uh, they say, no babes, no flu, uh, no COVID. And then they start feeling my stomach and they go, Hmm, it's really hard. You might have appendicitis. You may have appendicitis. So we want you to go get a taxi on Broadway and go to the ER. Like me hailing my ass myself to the fucking ER. I'm panicking. I'm full panic mode. I'm like, I'm going to die. My phone is at 20%. I don't have any like belongings on me. I really didn't pack like enough shit. And you know, when you go to the ER, you're there for hours and hours. Like I didn't pack a book. I didn't even pack like underwear. Like I didn't have any items on me. It was just disaster. So I get in a taxi to go to the ER, go to the ER. I'm sitting there in pain for two hours. I write on my little thing, like reason for visiting appendicitis. And I still not seen for two hours. I thought that would bump me up a little bit, but probably would have been having to have a heart attack, I guess. Finally get there. They're like, we're going to test you for ovarian cysts. We're going to test you for appendicitis. I'm at the ER till 1 AM at the ER 1am and they say, Kate, you just got stomach pain queen. You just got stomach pain. I'm there. And I have not eaten like, since I don't even know what time of that day I've just been drinking. their like random liquids. They've been feeding me the next day. My dad actually flies out because he works for Delta. He was able to get a standby flight out. He sleeps on my floor. We wake up, he goes back to Minnesota and it starts again, starts again, and so I'm finally back to functioning now, but that was my little medical crazy spiral. And I was posting through my journey um, because I had to keep the besties updated on my little ER time. But that has been my week in hell. Um, and, now and now I have my maybe- computer back.
1: Yeah. You were really able to turn out some content through that <laughs> experience. I know when I felt so bad because he, like all day on Monday, you know, we were having fun we had our photo shoot. We really felt like the true girl bosses that we were. Um, and Kate was like, I just want to feast with you so badly, but I feel like I'm going to throw up. I'm like, dude, let's no. not go out to eat then. Like we can postpone. There's plenty of opportunities. The restaurants will be there. The General Tso's chicken, the, you know, sesame, buff, not buffalo. What am I saying? Buffalo. Sesame chicken, the sesame broccoli. broccoli. Yeah, like that'll all be there. Like we can go another day. We'll get our and, diet home for the future. And honestly, it's crazy though. this was like a full week. Like honestly, this past week, I feel like every week is just like a blur for me at this point. But I, and yeah, I almost was like going to have to like go to the ER to like go help Kate. Her mom was like texting me. I was like, yes, I will go there ASAP. Then my dad, who's also a hypochondriac and he like relates to Kate so much. He kept on calling me. He's like, is Kate okay? Is Kate okay? Like, oh my God, love. Let's get in her. Yeah, no, my dad was like so concerned, so concerned, but I'm happy that you're alive. I'm happy that I guess it's just like random questionable abdominal pain um, it's so interesting yeah. I, this woman who sent Kate and I a book, it's like about chronic illness and it's like very interesting. Not this this, that this like relates to you. I mean, kind of, you don't obviously have like an autoimmune disease, but it's just like interesting how it's like, yeah, you can just like have all these weird symptoms and like doctors can sometimes just be like, yeah, I don't know. You, I, we think you just have pain. Like you yeah. would think there like some sort of like diagnosis for like everything, but unfortunately- sometimes the body
2: just be doing weird things. The body's just violent. Yeah. I mean, my brother has three different illnesses that don't really map onto anything. So I'm like used to, you know, having that relationship with the medical, in medical practitioners and such. Um, but while I was in the ER, yeah, I was, you know, texting all of my reply guys, not reply guys. Um, but it was funny because like, you know, re- notoriously last week I redacted that dating apps are chewy redacted. I'm back on dating apps. So I had I was going to go on dates this past week and then I died. So I, I love that. I was just like pegging, not pegging. Oh my God. That's like not the right word. <laughs> negging on these men that I was like dying in the ER. Um, so hopefully that I, I think it was a sign from God that I'm like not supposed to be dating men, whatever. Um, which brings us into our next subject of discussion that Em and I are officially girl bosses out in the open. A lot of you guys have already known about this we're chatting about it. We've been nonchalant, but welcome to supple baby. We're launching a fucking company and Emma and I are sick of waiting about it. We've been thinking about it for a year. We've talked to a lot of people, we've pitched, we've made decks, we've made product. We've thought about money. We've thought about business plans. And now we're just like, well, let's just make an Instagram and start shit posting because that's how everything has generated for us. And that's how we're going to start this community first brand. So go follow the supple on Instagram, a lot of details and a lot of like really you know, just behind the scenes, very transparent of like what exactly we are doing and how it's all going to fucking happen.
1: Yeah. So if you know, if you know someone or if you personally are someone who can actually help us other than just be like, yes, I believe in you guys or like, or like give us like fake advice. Um, yeah, we like actually need some substantial help. Uh, we're smart and we know what we're doing, but you know,
2: we're just 23 year olds. So and we're not not bootstrapping. We've got We've gotten that DM like a million times from people that are probably our age that are like, you guys should just start a Kickstarter. No, here's the thing. Our podcast listeners, I know our demographics. It's 15 to age 25. Y'all cannot, you guys don't have hundred dollars to your name, hundred dollars from a t- from hundred people. That's not going to get us anywhere. Also, it's- if I'm being honest, if I knew someone else who was my age trying to start a company, I probably wouldn't really give them that much money
1: either. I mean, like I need to buy groceries and like do laundry. Yeah, means-
2: I don't want to burden any of you with putting that pressure on you guys to like help us launch. We need money. We need money in the thousands and we need people to advise us on how to spend this money to scale. We're not trying to start a rinky dinky thing that is available at like the New York City farmers market. And then maybe in 10 years we can like have a functioning website. Like, no, we want to have a direct to consumer brand that is cutting through the bullshit in the wellness industry. We are disrupting the industry. There are billions of dollars in the wellness industry. So we're going to have to get to those echelons of amounts just to give you guys an idea. Um, So we are looking for investment. Um, Now, how that will go about that is kind of the next question. If we want to go to certain incubators, um, you know, different types of VC funds, female founded ones, we will see where we end up there. But that's just to let you guys know that, um, yeah, we've been thinking about it for a while. We know what products going to launch, but we also want your guys' advice. So follow if you want to be a part of the process of our little baby supple. Yeah, we'll probably, you
1: know, maybe go on Instagram live, ask you guys some questions, you know, in the community, Geneva, obviously that's where we'll be asking everyone everything, but yeah, so
2: we'll see where things go, who knows we'll what will happen, but we're excited. We're excited. You know, my flavors of the week, we'll talk about coconut water goes hard. I think I didn't like it for a while, but you know, while I was ill and I was like trying to wean myself off so much Pedialyte, cause I didn't realize pedialite is so expensive. What the fuck? Like $8 for what? And I would just drink it in one sitting. So I started getting a bunch of coconut water, which is like fine. I've been eating more bananas, but bananas for me, it's either like you take a bite, you want to throw up or you love them. So I'm in my love them phase. And the other thing I've been doing is dipping chip chicken in hummus, which is something I know that you do, Emma. Um, But I finally on the chicken hummus bodybuilder dip thing right there. I dipped some chicken and
1: some hummus earlier today and yum. She was delicious. Yeah. My flavors of the week. It's been a combination of pistachios blackstrap molasses cacao and blueberries and like a little bit of bee pollen because I have this like massive jar that I'm like I don't know how I'm gonna use this all up but wow beautiful combination I feel like I used to eat that combination like a lot back in the day when I would like make my weird chocolate like mush bowls I'm kind of back on that because I don't have the french squirrel berets and I threw out Mm. the ones that I made because I just was like I these aren't very good um another fun update for me is that I discovered a new bench that I decided that I'm going to
2: camp out at also I was curious where you were sitting yesterday so I'm excited for this
1: because you know I was walking through Washington Square Park when it was like actually nice out a few days ago and I was like this is hell on earth I never want to sit here this is like giving me anxiety and Tompkins Square don't love the vibes either I'm very particular in like you know what the environment is the people etc <laughs> And so I love to go on just like crazy walks down into Tribeca. I don't know how I ever end up there, but I somehow find my way there. And yeah, there's this little square. It's kind of on the same strip as like the Odeon. And it's so quiet. It's so perfect. It looks right up into the Jenga building. And And I'm like, yeah, you've probably seen that. I don't know the cross streets. I literally don't know the streets in Tribeca like whatsoever. But yeah, so catch me. Maybe don't catch me there. But I will be there. No one, like, try to, you know, find me there. But yeah, that's where I'm going to camp out. I'm going to be, like, not around all the seamy people that are, like, annoying. I'm not going to be around, like, I feel like at Tompkins Square Park, they're always, like, having rock bands, like, in the summer, which I, like, don't ever want to hear. So that'll be my little meditative spot. And I'm trying to think of any other fun, crazy, wild updates for me. I have none. I'm going home for Easter. For the girlies who don't know, Easter is my favorite holiday. So if you have any, mm. like, Easter um recipes that I should maybe make I would love to know I think we're gonna do lamb I'm really pushing that for my dad to grow some lamb chops because I've been craving craving it ever since my brother and I went to Kiki's but yeah so experience some Midwest content perhaps for me I feel like I have not been like posting on Instagram but I just like it has not even like been on my radar I've just been like a busy bee doing a million other things you've been on your Um, girl watch shit yeah. Girl boss shit. I need to, we need to find like a new, a new word to like replace girl boss. I feel Apparently like so there crazy. is.
2: No, here's the thing. There's something that someone tagged me in on TikTok and I like didn't love the word of it. It sounded like very millennial, like chuggy. It's called like in your creatress era. I was like, what? Like, that sounds so fucking lame. That sounds like I'm wearing, like, I don't even know. Like I'm at Coachella in 2008. What's well, a creatress? And obviously
1: Kate and I use like girl boss in like an ironic way. Like yeah. we obviously yeah. don't actually identify with it, but I'm just like, that's like the easiest term that comes to my brain but um today we have wait let
2: me finish sorry I was gonna finish that point of what a creature says it's like someone that is like they were I don't even know like into wellness or like into personal development or something but now they're like anti-aesthetic and I'm like Emma and I have always been very anti-aesthetic we've had a fucking meme page like that is the, the instances of being anti-aesthetic right um so i'm like not identifying with that but we need a new word i'm like not in my flea bag era because i feel like that has negative connotations as well but i'm just i'm actually in my um just like cocky era um and i're acting like we just have everything going for us in the world because why the fuck not right well might as well so, today's episode, if you tapped in, it's about Fishwife. It's about all things tin fish, the woman who made tin fish popular and sexy recently. So, we're going to be talking to Becca from Fishwife. Um, a lot of the Seamus girlies, actually, Anna, shout out Anna, requested. It, and then I DM'd Becca right after that. And she was like, oh my God, of course, let's do it. So, we're going to be chatting about sustainability, where to get tin fish, her favorite recipes, and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, we're ready to get into it. So, Hope you guys enjoy today's episode and we will chat again with you in a bit. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking athletic greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it.
1: For me, I started taking athletic greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking athletic greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, athletic greens contain dairy-free probiotics. And let me tell you, my digestion has never been better.
2: Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things, Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing.
1: It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health.
2: To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. What the fuck is up, CMOS girlies? It is episode 75. Um, It's a Sunday. Emma and I are here in the studio. And we have Becca on from Fishwife. We're going to talk all things tin fish, the woman behind making tin fish the sexiest food of the year. And Emma and I are huge tin fish proponents, and you see, Moss are too. So, welcome, Becca, to the pod. Wow, I feel so, so blessed to be here to have that glowing tin fish filled introduction. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are so excited to have you. So, to start off, we, you know, Emma and I will do a little intro to our listeners regardless, but in your own words, feel free to introduce yourself to our audience and tell us about you.
3: Amazing, Um, so I'm Becca. Um, I am here in sunny Los Angeles. I just got back from a little overnight to Big Sur, which is a beautiful place on the coast, Um, but not so much to do with my own bio. So (laughs) I'm from New Hampshire. Um, I was raised in the woods um, and went to a college on the East Coast. Then I moved out here in 2016, to work in the music industry of all things. Um, nightmare that that was. Uh, but I did that for a while. And then I started Fishwife, and my life got much, much more interesting. So I'm excited to talk about that. And yeah, that's about it.
1: Love. So yeah, if you were in music, what made you like then decide to get into the world of Tin Fish? What was that decision like um, I'm sure the girlies would like love to know all things about that and like yeah kind of the difficulties in your journey and like starting a company.
3: Yeah it was very interesting I mean you definitely hear about people starting companies very intentionally like you know some people go to business school with the idea of getting a co-founder and coming up with an idea etc and my story was not that story. Um, So I was working at a music startup uh, when covid began and it was very like community-based very like in person and when COVID hit the business just became it just took up a lot less of my time and uh I was living in the desert with my friend Caroline um and we were just we were eating a lot of tin seafood we were you know like during COVID like things that wouldn't become things just like are things so like yeah. we were cooking this trout from Costco like Twice a week and we're just like obsessed with it like posting about it a lot just like talking about it a lot anyway we became very obsessed with seafood from all angles um and alongside that we were doing like every weekend we would go on like a big hike a lot of times we would be doing a little bit of some shrooms to get things you know just out and, like being up we were living in the desert um, and this is so ridiculous, uh, but you know, I'm just going to be honest on this pod about here. No, we love
2: it. Literally our girls are eating this up right now. Don't worry.
3: <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah, one day everyone will be coming up with their businesses while microdosing. So anyway, we were hiking this place called Idlewild and we are bouncing back and forth business ideas for literally no reason. we were and we just came to tinned fish i think we just been talking about it again like obsessively and weirdly um and it was truly just like a light bulb moment kind of situation so like on that hype we were like okay tinned fish this is insane how has no one started a you know a modern american tinned fish brand that's like that is hitting this audience of people that like is so clearly obsessed with this category so like, I called my friend, I have a family friend who is the food critic at the New Yorker, Hannah Goldfield, which is like, you know, name drop. Um, But I called Hannah and I was like, Hannah, what do you think about this idea? She was like, go for it. And then we called like 10 other people, like st- drove back to our house, like popped open three tins of sardines and just like called all of our friends. And we're like, oh my God, what do you think? Is this crazy? And then we just like got drunk and I was like, oh my God, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life.
2: <laughs> I love that story. So when you, when you called those 10 friends, were they all like you guys are bat shit or were they like, oh my God, this is great. Go for it. Or a mix, I guess.
3: I think we called our friends that were, you know, like our friends that were in the know, our friends yeah. that were, you know, attentive to food trends that cared about this kind of shit. Um, and all those people were like, yeah, this is so obvious. I had a couple of friends that were like, I mean, later on told me that they had no expectation that I would actually (laughs) carry through with it. But yeah, I mean like straight up the next day started figuring out how to make it happen, which actually it is really interesting to hear hear about how people like made the first steps towards starting a business. Um, I am happy to talk about that because I think it's interesting. Like how the fuck does one person go from an idea to actually um, getting something out into the world?
2: Um, Um, Yeah, no, definitely feel free. We, I guess the next question kind of was tying into that. Like along the way when you guys have scaled and made business decisions like a lot of our girls are really interested in you know both the health and also environmental questions sort of like how did you guys decide doing farm salmon versus wild caught like what influences your decisions when it comes to ingredients um so any of that stuff about like how the first product was formulated to maybe like now how you kind of create products would be super cool to hear about
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
2: totally i mean the way that we went about building supply chain at the beginning
3: yeah it's I would say uh, this company is like a case study in how jankily you can launch a company and still have it be a success. Um, a success, quote unquote. I love uh, it, no, we love who it. Knows, who knows? Um, but I first, saw, you know, the, the inspiration for the company was very much tied into Portuguese and Spanish conservas. Like that was... The culture that I had been exposed to, I lived abroad in Spain in college, and that's where I first was exposed to, like, the the beautiful culture around Conservas that exists there, and that just obviously is totally, has not been really existent in the U.S. So we started looking for canneries in Portugal and Spain, um, and we did end up finding one in Galicia that we work with on sardines, Um, but I would say like the products are hero products now are the tuna, the trout and the salmon. So like I would love to dig into those ones. So like the tuna, the tuna came about because straight up, we were like looking to talk to anyone that knew anything about seafood in the U S. So like started talking to friends that had, you know, that knew fishermen on the West coast and like through that network, found a cannery in Oregon, um, that we started working with. And that cannery sourced from small boat fishermen in the Pacific Northwest. So that was our first product, which was the smoked albacore tuna. And all of that tuna was hook and line. I mean, you can't, people are, you cannot fish like with tr- with trawls in the Pacific Northwest or the or the North Pacific, it's, it's just, it's illegal. So um, we were sourcing directly from that cannery and they were sourcing directly from those fishermen. Um, I ended up, well, okay. There's like so many ways to to dig into this story. Um, I'll go straight to your question about the salmon um, because we were desperately trying to figure out or I was desperately desperately trying to figure out a way we could scale a sustainable um, canned salmon product. Originally, we had been talking to one fisherwoman in Alaska and it was just clear, like as much as like exciting as that relationship was, this was a business and a product that I was looking to scale and that was just not going to be, I mean, you know, maybe that relationship would work for a year, but then the next year wouldn't. So I think that's like an interesting thing about when you are starting a business. You I mean, it depends what you're looking to, if you're looking to scale a business, if you're looking to keep it small, like you, you, you know, that thought process might evolve as you continue to run your business. Totally. Um, but if you are kind of from the outset looking to build something big, um, building a scalable supply chain. Do it as early as you can, because if you don't do it, then you'll have to do it later, um, which is fine, but you'll have to change your product, reformulate, et cetera. So anyway, I think, you know, I was going to say that the first step to starting this business was talking to every person I knew that might have insight into A, starting a business, um, B, a food business, C, seafood, uh, you know, sustainable seafood. So like finding seafood and sustainability Advisors was like one of the first things that I was working on. Ooh, sorry. It says my internet connection is unstable. Can you guys? Oh, wow, I think ahead. we can hear you. Yeah. Um, okay. You can cut that little bit out.
2: <laughs> oh, no, don't worry. We'll literally we literally shit post. We keep it all rolling, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love it. Um, um but that's so awesome I'm, to hear. I feel like, yeah, like thinking business, there's so many things, whether it is like sustainability or like also, yeah, like in the end of the book way, you guys are trying to be a profitable company too. So there's so many factors that go into like something as niche as 10 fish. So that's super cool to hear about.
3: Yeah. So I think I mean the key there was finding partners in the sustainable seafood ecosystem that were also looking to scale or were already scaled. So like, so basically I found I have found incredible sustainability advisors in the seafood space and those people I would say have really allowed me to, to build this scalable sustainable seafood supply chain so like this woman Jennifer Bushman I was introduced to introduced to, oh my god introduced to her really early on and she is you know she's an expert in sustainable seafood and sustainable aquaculture in, in particular so um, she introduced me to this company Quarry Arctic which is this unbelievable um, third generation salmon farm in the Arctic Circle in Norway. Um, And they're just doing really, really exciting stuff on sustainable aquaculture. So like going down to the feed that they're using, which is a mixture of, you know, fermented microalgae, which is something that it sounds like you guys might be into Um, and (laughs) um, like fish trimmings from MSC certified fisheries, like down, to like how they have handled sea lice, which is to use this like a laser that swims around the nets and like blinks these little like sea lice that can come, that can be a huge issue um, in in, uh, fish farms. Like they're just doing really, really interesting work. And I think it was just, you know, as soon as I got into the seafood industry, it became very clear to me that, you know, one of the biggest gaps in education was around was around aquaculture. Like there has been so much exciting work happening in aquaculture um, over the past decade. And, you know, the mass American consumer has no, no understanding of it and no knowledge of it. Um, So, you know, it was clear to me when starting Fishwife that we would have an opportunity, you know, to meet people where they were at in terms of understanding seafood generally. I mean, I think, you know, whether it's as it pertains to sustainability, as it pertains to preparing seafood. I think, you know, the, one of the things that I've learned is that people just really don't understand their way around seafood. Um, and I think Fishwife, by being like a really friendly face in the space, um, that's, you know, that's like going on this journey with their consumers, we didn't come in super hot really in any particular angle other than making really delicious, uh, you know, really delicious products with transparent supply chains. Yeah, I just think we we could potentially have a platform to stand on and help people understand the space. So I think it is really important for me to to help people understand that, you know, aquaculture is not only an enormous part of our current seafood industry and, and supplies more than half of the seafood we eat globally. Um, but you know, that will continue to grow as our population grows and as, you know, as technology in the aquaculture space becomes more advanced. So I think you know, we use our products which are really delicious and that, and that people really love and engage deeply with, I think we will be able to use them as an, as a, as an education platform, which is really exciting to me.
1: Awesome. And I think like bouncing off of that, you know, like the seamus really is, I think definitely appreciate how transparent Fishwife is and, you know, the practices that you guys utilize just because it can be really difficult to trust the food industry since there is like such lack of transparency across like many brands and also just like the lack of regulation. So outside of like purchasing fishwife just based off of like the conversations you've had with like people in the industry, how can like sea moss really, really know that they are supporting the environment when buying fish and like how they can like minimize their impact, whether that's like certain certifications they should look for, or if they should be shopping, you know, directly from, you know, the guy at the farmer's market, like what kind of practices do you suggest to people who are maybe looking into being like more sustainable with their purchases when it comes to fish?
3: Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, thankfully there are some really great resources out there that can help direct your purchasing habits. I would say the Monterey Bay seafood watch list is really, a a really fantastic scientific resource. Um, and I think, I think just reorienting your understanding, um, around seafood sustainability to understanding that it is, um, you know, it, it has many angles to it. So it's, unfortunately it's, it's, I think people don't understand it because it is rather complex. It's like, it's not like tuna is sustainable to eat or anchovies are sustainable to eat. It's like, you have to be looking at it um, from a couple different angles. So Mm -hmm. the Monterey based seafood watch list helps you examine it through all of those vantage points. So it's, you know, the species of seafood that you're eating where it's caught and how it's caught. Um, and you can look and you can find out all of those things by looking at that list. So I would say it's it's kind of annoying, but like there is an app, there's a website, um, you can look on there and validate your purchases. But then otherwise, I would say I have, you know, I have full trust in MSC and ASC certification. So MSC is, you know, the most trusted wild caught certification body um, and ASC is the same for farmed.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. Our CMOS girlies will literally do any digging and research. Like they some some of them write down notes during our podcast episodes. So There's definitely someone with a notebook that is like writing all that down right now. Um, that is amazing. And so we got the, we have the learners that are our listeners, so they will love that tidbit. Um, next question is more of a broad question. Um, I think Emma and I really love like all you've shared about how you guys have like founded the company and like kind of kind of said it was just like a a a goofy way to start it or whatever you said earlier. Um, What has been the most rewarding thing about starting it? Whether that's like the passion for Tin Fish, the packaging, just like seeing people have the product, like what is the most rewarding thing when it comes to being a founder and just kind of doing the everyday, like running the company?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I really do feel like it's seeing your gut validated. So like, you know, obviously when we came up with the idea for the company, I could just see it immediately and like could visualize how the whole thing would play out and God knows. There have been some surprises along the way, but, you know, had this very strong uh, feeling that people were looking for um, a new tinned seafood company to exist in the US um, and would be very receptive towards it. So, you know, we've been incredibly lucky. I think, you know, our business has grown entirely organically from word of mouth and, you know, Great press and great influencers and all that stuff. And I think basically, it's kind of what I was saying before, which is that I mean seafood is just a tough industry, and there's just never been a brand. There's never been a seafood CPG brand that people have felt like love and true affinity and trust for. And that's fucking crazy because it's literally this the entirety of the seafood industry. Like it's so nuts that there's no seafood brand that, that people love. So I think in my mind, there's just so much going on in like in seafood, in, you know, sea vegetables. Um, there's so much work to be done. And I feel like uh, one of the biggest surprises to me over the past year was just recognizing how like early on humanity is in our journey uh, alongside seafood and alongside the ocean and, you um, so to me, it feels like there's tremendous impact to be made um, in this space. Um, like there's such little knowledge around seafood generally in the U.S. I think I've been really, really heartened to see people respond so much to to this brand, and and really understand that people are really excited to eat seafood and uh, just excited to see change happening in the space. So I think there's been a lot of really great stuff that's happened so far. Um, Just in terms of you know people taking to it so quickly and just like loving it and wanting to talk about it, but I think what is ahead is very exciting to me. Um, Just because I think there's so much impact we can make, and I think yeah, I think Fishwife is is positioned to to like really take advantage of that. Especially if I would if I make if I continue to make great decisions with sort of the partnerships that we make, the sourcing partnerships we make, um, the team members we have, et cetera. I think uh, there's just a lot
2: of opportunity.
1: That's so exciting. Um, I think like shifting gears now, you know, Kate and I love to talk about things that we love and hate about like wellness on the meme page, you know, in our community platform. So what are some of your like juicy hot takes, things that you love and hate about the wellness industry? Maybe not even the wellness industry, perhaps even just like foodie culture. Are there like food trends that you think are like super stupid or some things that are underrated? Um, Yeah, Yeah, like if you
2: go to a restaurant, give us a dish that you think is like dumb. Like it could be foodie or wellness, like Emma said
3: oh my gosh this is so funny okay so I'm like truly the the way that I live my life is it would probably shock would probably shock you it's like the way that I eat food like I will go into my office it it makes sense that I run a tinned fish company because tinned fish is like the most utilitarian food in the world yeah um you don't need to do anything to prepare it and it's ready to go and it's really healthy and boom you got a tin you're done um that really works for me because I. Basically, don't cook. Um, I really just eat to survive these days, which is maybe like the dark underbelly of founder cultures. (laughs) I have found that I used to like really enjoy eating food. And now I'm just like in my office with like a bowl of plain pasta, just like shoving it in my face and just trying to be full so I can continue doing my job. Love that. Very dark. I understand why people like
2: Soylent and why that was such a thing. Um, Hot take. Well, emma and i definitely are utilitarian sometimes with food we just like eat them all like we don't i can't follow a recipe i can't be hey, bothered to make have, any- we
1: have like a secret um twitter account where we post like our ugly meals just because we're like so anti-aesthetic and it truly just like looks like yeah you guys are just trying to like eat to survive like there is no effort put in whatsoever like we always like kind of classify our meals as like mush bowls because it truly just like looks like a big pile of mush that like you can't even like Figure out what even like the ingredients or the components are, and it's like, yeah, it's probably better that like no one knows.
3: Okay, yeah, I will say a mushball is mostly what I eat. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the way that I live my life, um, and like what wellness means to me is just like you know, eating. It's just the basic shit. It's like eat real food. So yeah. okay, I'll give you a dumb one, and not to knock on anyone, but like I went to some CPG event a few weeks ago. And someone gave me a peanut butter that had, like, what is the blue thing called? The thing spirulina? They- spirulina. <laughs> oh my remember. God, what? It was blue peanut butter. And it was like, yeah, spirulina peanut butter. And I was like, how much peanut butter would you have to eat to get whatever the purported effects of? I mean, yeah. I'm not, I don't know anything about, I don't know anything about this stuff. So like, but like the, whatever the effects of spirulina are, like how much peanut butter would you have to go through to like reap the benefits of that? And maybe you guys can tell me, but
2: no, that is some goofy shit. Like anytime I see a product that's like a nut butter spike with an adaptogen, I'm like, I'm not getting any fucking health benefits. Like you said, it feels like scammer territory to me. So with you on that one,
3: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So like, yes, I run a tinned seafood company. Seafood is incredibly healthy for you. I'm like, I'm, With the amount of fucking tinned seafood i eat i'm like should be glowing in ways that no no human should um so yes i spirulina peanut butter is my dumb one and then otherwise i don't even remember what the question was but you
2: guys are just chilling you're chilling eating your mush bowls utilitarian we love that Um, yes i respect on that a question though bouncing off of that one thing i love about the fishwife instagram particularly is how many recipes you guys promote because I'm like you and I just, you know, eat tin fish to eat tin fish, but there are some fucking sick recipes on there. So what's that sort of process when it comes to like, what are kind of like fun ways to eat tin fish? Cause I think a lot of our listeners too, are kind of younger listeners. A lot of them maybe have been vegan and want to start eating fish, but they have like no idea what to do with a can. So give us some ways to eat the tin fish.
3: Okay. So the
2: best way that will never be bad and will always
3: be good is making a beautiful rice bowl. Just make yourself some rice, brown rice, white rice, whatever kind of freaking rice you want to make. Get an avocado, cut it in half, put some fucking sesame seeds on the rice, few sheets of nori. I mean, definitely God, Emily Mariko fans are fans of fishwife, or they should be. Yeah, and then get your get your can of tuna, salmon, trout, and just dip it, dunk it on there, and that is like the most delicious food in the world. And you do that fun little thing with the nori where you put your little fish in it and your rice and wrap it up and just, mm, and it's so fucking good. And it literally, especially if you're someone like me that sometimes will get a bag of, uh, I don't know if it's like microwavable rice. Um, or like oh, oh, yeah.
1: oh, I've been buying the bags. So I don't have a microwave in my like apartment, like whatsoever. And I don't have patience to cook rice. So I've been buying like the little like pre-made bags from Whole Foods where you like literally put it on the stovetop and just like warm it up until it's like edible and yeah, yeah, honestly, like game changer for me. Yes.
3: Yeah, so, okay. With those beautiful, miraculous bags, this meal will take you less than five minutes to make. And it is so satisfying. And I love it because it's a meal you can make for your friends and it will be beautiful and satisfying to them as well. Um, cause again, I used to be like, a mush bowl consumer exclusively. And like, I would have a friend over for dinner and, and have no fucking idea what to do. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but I would I've say, yeah I mean some meals you just cannot share. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But then otherwise, like making a summer pasta, like a super simple angel hair, just throwing some arugula, some like some of those fun canned or like jarred artichokes from Trader Joe's, some lemon, and then some, you know, what any of our tin fish products and just stir that up, like that is the best meal in the world, I do believe. So, I mean, especially with spring and summer approaching make some of those summer pastas and everyone will love you. And it will be very easy.
1: Honestly, yeah. fire. And I feel like so many of our listeners are also like in college and they're always like, what is like an easy meal that I can like make when I don't have like literally any like kitchen supplies. And I think like, yeah, microwave rice and like some tin fish. That's so easy. Um, mm-hmm. I think like bouncing off of that, you know, what are some of your other favorite, maybe like pantry items other than tin fish that kind of like your go-to that like you need to have in your procession every single day or you like won't be able to function
3: yeah i mean there is a reason that a me and jing from fly by jing just released a fly by jing Sichuan chili crisp smoked salmon and that is because i eat it all the goddamn time i mean that is if you haven't if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't tried any fly by jing products what are you doing? Um, they are game changing. They will make, I mean, especially if you're a terrible cook like me, um, or if you're in college and you just don't have a lot of time or like resources or space to make, com- you know, complex, beautiful meals, fly by Jing, all of their products are, you know, just add such a layer of like beautiful complexity to every dish, even if it's literally like a bowl, of rice. So Um, Those are definitely cannot live without. I would say like the sleeper hit there is the John sauce, which is so good. It's a little bit sweeter. Um, It's so tasty. And then otherwise, I mean, when I have good olive oil and good butter, it just makes my life so, so good. So like, I don't even know what company was like Vermont creamery or something sent me truly more dairy products than any one person should have. And I am lactose intolerant, but I ignored that fact. And just having like insanely good cultured butter in your fridge like makes everything so good. And good olive oil. I'd say my friend Andrew started a company called Graza, um,
2: and that should not overrated. It's so good. Um, you love yeah, it. Yeah, those Kate? two are great. I, I got gr- at Graza, and I, it's um, Chef's Kiss. I love it. So convenient. The packaging's great too. It's great. And then Brightland
3: from you know Ashwarya has this incredible company there. Vinegars are insane They They have like a sort of like champagne vinegar thing going on and it is amazing. Um, awesome. yeah, I'll stop. Oh, great. and like any seaweed products. Like I'm just always sprinkling seaweed on everything that I eat.
2: Love that. Um, those are awesome. I think a lot of our girlies will relate to that. As you said, like kind of, you know, so we have a lot of cooks, we have some people that are not such good cooks, but those are some great staples. Um, so to sort of round it off, I guess if you have any exciting, Business news, personal news for the year, whatever is left of the year. Emma um, and I are always excited to see like what's popping over at Fishwife. So, anything's you got in the works?
3: Well, I will say, so we did that collaborative product with Bye Bye Jing, my office mate, which is I guess business and personal news, as I have a fucking office now, which is amazing.
2: Nice. Um,
3: but there are more collaboration products coming down the pike, That's and they exciting. are. Yeah, they're really exciting. Um, and not all of them will necessarily have seafood in them. So get ready, vegetarians. Um, we've got some cool shit for you. Um, Yay. Yeah. That's so cool. It's cool. I mean, there's just like, I, there's a lot of very cool products that, that we're working on now um, that are, I think, will surprise people which as you guys know is the hope uh is the hope for any companies that it continues to surprise you so yeah a lot of cool products um I have a full-time employee now which business and personal again is a fucking game changer and yeah my life is so much better and the company is going to get so much better um yeah bringing more brains into the company is always a miracle and I will say to the CMOS girlies I will be hiring for interns and also full-time employees. So um, just keep an ear out. I'm looking for just really excited uh, people to join the team
2: soon. So
1: hey, that is so exciting. Congrats.
2: Thank we you. love it- to hear it. Um, we will definitely let our CMOS girlies know about the internships. They've been asking Emma and I, if we have, if we need any unpaid interns, I'm like, well, you'd buy my groceries. Like for what? You'd, you'd be sourcing memes for me. Um, so we'll shoot them your way. That's a fun job. Both of those are fun, fun jobs. Right. Right. Um, well, thank you, Becca. That's so we're so excited we could have you on. Um, I think our, girl, our girls will learn a lot about seafood and like will be really inspired by your journey of starting Fishwife. Um, so thank you for coming on. You can leave our listeners with anything else or we can we can bounce out here. Oh my gosh. No, this is amazing.
3: Um, eat more fish, preferably ours, um, but whatever floats your boat. And yeah,
2: thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening, girlies. The links will be in the bio to go buy some fishwife, to follow them on Instagram, all that fun stuff. So thank you for listening to CMS girlies.